Welcome to another podcasting episode of Bob Around Town. It's Bob Peters out and about, exploring mid-Michigan from an inside perspective. And now, here's your host, Bob Peters. Chris Botman, Bob Peters, Eric Rodriguez, Joe Salmick. Yeah, it is a full house today. It is Mid-Michigan Matters and Bob Around Town, a simulcast, because we're talking one of the biggest events that happens in Mid-Michigan every year, the 39th Annual Saginaw Chippewa Powwow. It's July 28th, 29th, and the 30th at the you know tribal campgrounds. I think it was what I'd call that right off of Toma Road. And Joe, Eric, for people who don't know what the powwow is, I mean, break, break it down to them. And it's the 39th annual. you got to be living underneath a rock a little bit if you don't know what it is by now. That is. It's summertime. And if you don't uh, smell the fry bread and uh, hear those bells and the uh, jingles when you pull up to the campground on the hill, you have not experienced Saginaw Chippewa powwow and that's part of the, the year that we really love. It's as we get into it, it is a social gathering open to the public and really just a chance for us to share a small piece of our culture and who we are as the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe. Yeah, Joe, and w- what does it mean to you? You know, you, you and Eric, you know, you guys look about the same age, but I'm guessing you're a couple years older. To talk about, you know, your experiences. What do you think about the powwow? Well, as one of the people that uh, get a chance to get out there and dance, you've heard the phrase, I'll be there with bells on. Well, for this powwow, I will be there with bells <laughs> on. And, uh, you know, I get to be a uh, golden age uh, dancer, uh, men's traditional dancer. So I'll be up there at uh, Grand Entry and uh, I'll be coming in uh, after the Eagle Staffs and after our uh, Agichidao uh, warriors, our veterans, when they bring in those flags. And uh, Eric will be there with our tribal council and uh, with our dignitaries. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to a great grand entry. And now when you say you're one of the, the golden dancers, describe that to me exactly. Is that an age group or you've been doing it so long or kind of both? Well, it's uh, kind of a uh, mark of passage when it comes down to it. And uh, uh, the men's traditional, uh, you kind of go from uh, you know, a, a fancy dancer or a grass dancer. And then uh, as you get older and maybe a little slower, you go ahead and go into the traditional dancing. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having a lot of dancers there. I'll be one of probably around 500. And uh, we have a lot of drums that... Uh, uh, come in for that uh, powwow also and now we got mr campfire here bob peters <laughs> i know bob wants to hear about the lighting of the sacred fire yes. that, that, that's something you would yes. love to see and i imagine it yep. would even put your bonfires to shame probably probably would but you know but it's more than just a bonfire explain to us well, when it comes down to it, you know, we talk about uh, everything has a beginning. And uh, to go ahead and to have that spark of the sacred fire, you know, we begin our uh, powwows at the eastern door. And we're going to have our Gichidao warriors there. And we light that sacred fire in a good way. And every fire starts with a spark. I'd like to think the uh, spark with the Saginaw Chippewa powwow, it's a homecoming. It's a gathering. And when it comes down to it, it's not only for our tribe, but it's for other tribes. It's for people in the community. Uh, it's for the CMU students. It's for uh, people to come home to Central Michigan. And you guys have been a part of that through the years with the radio station and certainly with the university in our backyard. It's great to go ahead and see all those families. Families come in for powwow weekend. 
How far do people come in from? You, you know, every year I imagine there's somebody saying, I came from Alabama, Oklahoma, and all these different places. Is there, you know, somebody that came across the pond maybe that was a big surprise to you or anything like that, Eric? You know, we never know truly where everyone's from other than the interactions that we have with everyone. But there are people that are from most of the 50 states in the United States. Um, there's a lot of First Nations relatives from Canada that join us. And then there's those that do uh, join us from other countries, and, and they really try to immerse themselves into the culture. And I think it's especially um, wonderful that when we talk about Native American culture, a lot of people only know what they see in mainstream media. And, and, and through the years, that has been a very skewed image of what, what culture looks like. So for them to come in and experience it firsthand, I think it really opens up their minds, and it really uh, gives them a different perspective into what they're looking at. And it's a beautiful thing, I think, to see the regalia, to see how we carry those traditions on today. And, and, and as we work together, and it's very inclusive and, and really just inviting, I think those are the things that make it special for those that are first-timers. And, and really, those are the ones that want to return year after year because it, it makes it an annual event, not only for our community members, but for everyone that does attend it. Yeah, and I think one thing you want to get out here in this podcast is it is inclusive. Everybody is invited. You guys want everybody to come experience what the powwow was all about. And I was blessed going to school here in the area. I got to go through some of the K-12 through educational powwows. And what I remember is the drums, the dancing, the fry bread. And, and this is one of those Indian tacos. Is that the correct way to say that? I want to make sure I'm being politically correct here. That is, they are referred to as Indian tacos. Not a traditional food, but uh, something that's been coined as a traditional food at powwows. Yeah, and it's it's delicious if you've never had one. But the fry bread, I feel like, is that's the thing you kind of brought up a little bit, Eric. Talk about that as you know, as a tradition for you personally. You know, for us, it's it's something that uh, the smell alone is something that just sets in your mind. And and for us, um, it's one of those things that came about from the times when we weren't as uh, wealthy and we didn't have the ability to to thrive here in mid-Michigan. So fry bread came about from commodities uh, when those were uh, given to Native American families. And it's what they were able to make from those commodities. And fry bread was one of those things that came to be. Um, so year after year, then they put their spin on that. So instead of having tortillas, you had a fr- piece of fry bread. And then you put some ground beef, some lettuce, tomato, uh, sour cream salsa, and then you made it an Indian, Indian taco. Uh, blanket dogs, another big staple which is your traditional and hopefully Michigan-made kogel wrapped around That's right. in your fry bread and, uh, and, and really a piece of deliciousness there as well. Yep, and so if somebody comes out July 28th at 7 p.m., that's going to be the start, the lighting of the sacred fire, the grand entry of the dancers and the drumming is going to be going on there. But say somebody comes out, starts at 1 p.m. on the 29th and noon on the 30th. Somebody comes out 4 p.m., June 29th, just kind of the middle of the shindig. What are they going to experience? What are they going to see, smell, hear, and all that kind of stuff? Talk about somebody walking up to it for the first time. Yeah, so as you talked about those grand entries, that's the opportunity, as, as Joe mentioned earlier, where we have our get you down, our warriors are marching our flags into the arena. We walk in with any dignitaries. We welcome all of our dancers into the arena. Each of the drums gets an opportunity then to play a song and to really you know show who they are. Well, if you miss those grand entries, you still have those competitions throughout the remainder of the day. There's dance specials or those individual categories. Uh, The primary categories that we were looking at would be the women's jingle, uh, the fancy shawl dance, and the women's traditional, as well as the men's fancy, men's grass, and men's traditional, as Joe had spoken on. Um, Some of those specials could be a high school graduation. It could be a celebration of an anniversary. Uh, Families will put competition money up for something that means something special to them or that's very significant. And I know those are uh, those happen year after year, and it's tr- truly an opportunity where you might see something that you won't see at another powwow because it's unique to this area. 
And so you might even have like a brother-sister rivalry or something competing against some money. Is that is that maybe what you're talking about with the families putting up some money, or am I a little off on that one? Just a little off, but, right. uh, you know, so the families would put up a money uh, in celebrating a graduate. All right. So yes, they sir. would invite all those dancers of a certain category. So we would say we'd celebrate our family today in the graduates of 2023. We would like a dance special. And then there would be a certain category, and anybody that wanted to enter in that category could compete. And then they would pay out the winner of that, but it'd be in honor of that graduate's name or an anniversary or a big one that we've had the last couple of years is the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and the movement there to help bring awareness to that, to have a special category there for those that want to participate. And I know, Joe, I'm sure you've danced and, and competed in some of these special categories, and I know they're, they're some of your favorites year after year. Yeah, talk about what it's like being out there competing, Joe. Well, it's, uh, it's like coming home. Uh, just being able to get out in the powwow arena, you're not only dancing uh, for your family, you're dancing for your tribe, you're dancing for your ancestors. And uh, one of the things that really connects is this idea of regalia. And some of this regalia has been passed down uh, in families for centuries, and uh, to go ahead and to uh, see special things like that happening in the powwow arena, that's very important. Uh, you mentioned, Chris, about, uh, you know, is there any connection from people across the pond? I look at the sister city of Mount Pleasant, uh, the uh, people from Okaya, Japan. One of the things that they like to do whenever they come into our area is to go ahead and to come out to the Saginaw Chippewa tribe and to go ahead and to read about it in books, to hear about people that have made the journey to central Michigan and have uh, been able to come out to the tribe. It's one thing to read about it. It's another thing to experience it. The sights, the sounds, the smell, you know, the food, to be able to see all of the artists uh, selling their crafts, uh, it's pretty special. And regardless if you come in at 4 o'clock or if you come in for the start with the Grand Entry, everybody gets something about powwow, and that experience is just something that's very hard to explain to someone until they actually go ahead and to do it. And then they want to go ahead and invite other people. So that's one of the reasons it's been so popular. Joe, tell me a little bit about the regalia. Help us out with that. And, you know, you, you, you describe that it really it means a lot. Tell us about the regalia. Well, in a uh, traditional way, I can say my uh, spirit name that was given to me is Chimikinik, uh, and that means uh, big turtle in our Ojibwe language. Uh, I'm from the Amikdotum or Beaver Clan. In fact, my last name, uh, Saumik or Zaumik, is translated into traditional Ojibwe, meaning Amik, which is for beaver. So Beaver Clan, and uh, to go ahead and to understand your spirit name and your clan and to be there with other people, 13 original clans in the Ojibwe teachings, and to see all of those woodland Indians getting out there in the arena, it's pretty special, and it's a coming together of our culture. Uh, a lot of tribes, they have their own tradition, they have their own culture, but it all centers around that drum, and we always call that the heartbeat of our nation. And to go ahead and to have the heartbeat People re relate that back to their own families, and 
when they come together, they know there's that heartbeat of community that exists. And any of our people in central Michigan that have been to a powwow, they know it's not just about the Saginaw Chippewa tribe. It's about our culture. It's about our tradition. But most importantly, it's about family. Very good. Uh, how does that tie in with Because, you know, when I go to the powwow, the one thing that gets me is all the colors of, of all the clothing that everybody wears. How significant is that? And, and, and do they make their own clothing? And, you know, are, are, are the colors meaningful, the bells? Well, in, uh, in this case, the uh, bells that I wear are uh, copper bells with uh, angora uh, uh, based on the bells, and uh, I also have uh, leather buckskin uh, on my uh, uh, pants, and uh, my uh, bustle uh, was made by uh, Joe Surrett, uh, who's from uh, uh, First Nations uh, Canada, uh, and of course, uh, the shield that I use when I get out there uh, that's made of uh, elk hide and has a uh, turtle on it and it has some ermine. And, of course, my uh, dancing stick uh, that was made by Elder George Martin and it reflects our beaver clan colors. And, of course, uh, with the shield and uh, uh, with my turtle shell, uh, I'm a Michigan State grad, and uh, that's green and white. So <laughs> a lot of times regalia tells a story, and we get a chance to tell that story right in the arena. Yeah, I think going on that, Joe, uh, as we talk about that and you see it, I think oftentimes regalia also helps identify who we are as a tribe, as Joe's saying. Uh, when you look at some of the tribes from out west, they have those geometric patterns um, oh, that okay. distinguishes their type, uh, Werewoldland's florals um, designs. And so when you see that into our regalia, that's kind of the um, start and the theme of a lot of regalia. But what's unique about it, too, is that it can be earned. You know, you can be gifted to you. It can be handed down. Um, there's an importance usually with that, and each piece of that regalia tells a story. And so, so, so we see everybody. They're all telling us a story, but a lot of it's personal, too, isn't it? Correct. Yep. Yep. Each, each individual in their regalia uh, is chosen by them or designed by them or is, is part, incorporated into their, to their uh, full regalia uh, to, to help in those dance specials and to, to, to help perform. Back to you, Joe. Was some of that regalia passed down to you? You, you talked about George Martin giving you, the, you know, the, the stick that you dance with or whatever. Some of that stuff have a big meaning because of that? Well, I think uh, one of the uh, pieces of regalia that means a lot to me is uh, when I had an opportunity to go to uh, Okaya, Japan, uh, I went there with Jason Quigno and uh, George Dunn. Uh, yeah, he used to be from the Middle Michigan Development Corporation. And it was my first visit to Japan, and I didn't know what to expect. But I remember going to uh, one of their temples, and I saw something there in a fire ceremony where they went ahead and they offered prayers to each of the four directions. And they had this thing that reminded us of the smudge ceremonies that we do with the tribe. And they also had the drum uh, and their drum, they would hold it in their hands and they would beat it on the sides instead of uh, the drums that we would have that would sit on Mother Earth. But once you saw that they had their own regalia, they had their own music, they had their own language and they're in their own culture, we find that we're not that different. And just being able to go ahead and to share that with the Japanese people and then 
I'm being able to share my culture and my songs and my teachings with them. That was uh, that was a wonderful experience. And uh, once I got back, I explained that to Milton Beaver Pelcher, uh, and he gifted me an eagle feather that I use with my regalia. And every time that I go out, and I'll have it there at this powwow, I'll be there at the eastern door with a uh, feather that was gifted to me for going over to Japan and sharing our culture. That's so cool. So July 28th, 29th, and the 30th, 7 p.m. on the 28th, 1 p.m. on the 29th, noon on the 30th. Do you guys have a favorite thing? And it's, it's probably the dancing for you, Joe, so maybe ask Eric this. Do you have a favorite thing that happens at the powwow every year? To me, it's just hearing those drums and the uniqueness and, and how powerful they are. Uh, you know, throughout uh, history and, and times, special moments in my life have been touched by in recognition of a drum. So for me, every time I have that opportunity, it, it connects back to those memories. And so every time I hear those drums, and, and they, even though they are a little different, they're so powerful and they're so meaningful. And, and it's talent that, that is unmatched and unparalleled, I think, when you, when you hear that. And, and to see the, the focus and the, the competitive nature of these drummers, uh, it's first class. And I think it's something that everyone can not only see. If you close your eyes, you can just hear it, and it takes you to, to another place. The last time I would have heard the tribal drums would have been when Ascend was opening. So, so it was a while back. I imagine if that really just... Gives me the feels inside. I can't imagine what the opening ceremony is going to be like. And I'm going to kind of jump off the freeway here for a moment because I got to talk about what you guys do for the community, the tribe, the casino, the resort, the cultural centers, the water park, the concerts. You guys do so much for our community. And then the 2% funding that I always like to talk about, jobs, entertainment. You guys improve the quality for life, everybody here in mid-Michigan. Just, just talk about a little bit of why you guys do that as a tribe. You know, for us... We support those who, who support us and, and vice versa. It, it takes a team, it takes collaboration, and it takes a community to make the place that you live, you work, you play in to be a special place. And that's what really uh, our leadership continues to look at, and, and that's the message that they share. As you mentioned, you know, with our 2% funding, uh, we are over $280 million to local schools and government since 1994, giving back to these schools and, and the students here in, in mid-Michigan, both in Isabel and Aranat counties looking at the local infrastructure and lessening that burden on the taxpayers here. Uh, and then you talk about being the largest employer, not only here in Isabella County, but also in Aranat County, offering a lot of long-term careers, not only jobs, but careers that people can, can raise their families here with a first-class institution like Central Michigan University for that higher education. It all fits together if you use the resources that are here. But for us, we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to give back, and it's something that I know that our leadership looks at year after year and is very grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, and Joe, some of that funding back in the day kind of helped you figure out what you wanted to do in your, your career, kind of even. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that goes back to uh, being a student there at uh, Mount Pleasant High School. And uh, we had a vocational center that was run by uh, instructor Jay Roman. And uh, it had uh, radio and television production. So even back in 1975, when I took my first introduction to broadcasting course, I kind of knew I was going to be involved in the media. And I went ahead and uh, parlayed that uh, right down to Michigan State when I worked with uh, WKAR and 
Then I started doing television with uh, WLNS uh, TV6, and I was working with the 6 and uh, 11 o'clock news crew with Jane Aldrich and Dave Andrews and Sherry Jones. And and, uh, when I had an opportunity to take a job with the Sault Ste. Marie tribe, uh, I kind of looked at what my father used to tell me, if you have a chance to go ahead and to work for your own tribe, Uh, try to go ahead and to come back. And uh, that's when I wrote a proposal to create a public relations department in 93. And I even put a tagline. I mean, you guys talk about the soundtrack of your, of our lives. And, you know, we talk about working together for our future. And I kind of played that idea that, well, it's not just the future of our tribe. It's the future of Mount Pleasant. It's the future of CMU. It's the future of central Michigan. That's your tagline. That's my tagline. That's right that's, up there with Joe that, Barbary. That's, that's no, right that's up there with tagline. the Pizza King. Yep, that's, that is his. That's pretty darn smooth right there. That's your tagline. And to kind of, you know, like I said, get back to let me finish with, I always like to say that the first computer lab we ever got in Shepherd when I was in sixth grade was courtesy of that 2% funding and internet and all that stuff was every kid at Shepherd had access to it from then on. You, just think about how big that was back in whether in 94, 95 or something like that, even though it was the dial up or whatever, we, we all still had access. And, 39th annual Saginaw Chippewa Powwow. What's it mean to say 39th annual to you guys? It's just a part of our tribal history. Uh, we've been doing powwows for centuries when it comes down to the teachings. But uh, to go ahead and to look at uh, where we've come from, uh, from the Little Elks retreat that we used to do, and now we call it the Saginaw Chippewa Indian Powwow, uh, to go ahead and to see how We've changed over the years, but when it comes down to it, the culture, the traditions, the music, that's the stuff that doesn't change. And most importantly to uh, us is when it comes down to it, it's all about the family. And to go ahead and to see all the families that come out for powwow weekend, that's the true blessing of living in central Michigan. Bob? Yeah, so 39th annual, right? Let's give some kudos to those people who worked hard 40, 41 years ago. How did this start? Who sat down at a table somewhere and said, let's do a big powwow? You know, it was the administration and the leadership at that time, and they said we wanted to formalize one of these events. So a powwow committee was then started. Uh, I know it predates me a little bit in, in my term within the the Saginaw Chippewa tribe, but I know that formalizing that and putting a formal committee together to help plan that, to make sure that they were looking at all avenues about bringing a large powwow to our community to invite everyone and to give that sense of family was what they were really after. And I know, as Joe says, that family component remains today as it once did when it was formed as the first, the inaugural powwow um, to make sure that it's a sense of gathering, a sense that you feel welcome, a sense for you to see friends you may not have seen during that year or maybe in a couple years but really to experience something that's meaningful and cultural and, and give you an, an opportunity to come together. So, yes, kudos to all those administrations that continue to support the powwow year after year, after year and to those you know, forward thinkers that said, hey, let's get this documented and let's make a committee and let's find a way to do this so we can do it year after year and make it sustainable. One of the things that I look at is uh, over the years and how we've been able to use uh, technology to go ahead and to keep our traditions alive. 
Uh, it's gotten to the point where we used to be an oral tradition, but uh, now we need to go ahead and pr- preserve this. So that's where uh, you know our radio stations, our television stations come in. And uh, to be able to work with these crews that come in to cover these events and to go ahead and inform them of some of the protocols, uh, we get a chance to do that. And for them to go ahead and to share our culture electronically it's just another one of those uh, avenues that, uh, you know, you guys get a chance to help us and uh, promote it. And I hope you feel the same pride that we do as tribal members when you see people come to the powwows, come to the concerts, because when it comes down to it, all of this economic activity is a benefit not only for our tribe but for our whole community as well we've seen how our community has grown i like to look at it as a micropolitan community he's got me stumped there with the micropolitan you might even uh, i'll explain uh, that to you later okay, all, right, Chris? all right yeah he's gonna explain that to me later and you talked about the 13 different nations that come together every year do you guys make a new connection every single year that's you know a long off cousin or something like that well, I think when it comes down to it, on the reservation, we say everything is relative. <laughs> All of our relatives <laughs> yeah. are, are here. But then again, uh, you know, a lot of cultures are like that. You know, we have our extended families, and it's one of those things where we welcome people home. Uh, I know one of the things that my daughter uh, is doing right now, she lives out in Minneapolis. She went to U of M, the University of Minnesota, and she's coming home for powwow weekend. But she also uh, is uh, living with a couple of Ukrainian students, and they're going to go ahead and to come to a Native American powwow for the first time. So here we have a lot of this activity that's happening uh, over there uh, in Russia. And uh, to go ahead and to see Ukrainian people come over to enjoy uh, the powwow, you know, my daughter's going to be bringing them and, uh, you know, they're going to be able to go ahead and to celebrate with our family for the first time. So we're looking forward to that. And, and it's nice to add, it was about, uh, oh, probably about 12, 13 years ago, we did host a uh, person from Okaya, a young lady, and, and she, her week was made by the powwow. I can guarantee you she said <laughs> it and she still talks to my daughter about that, so... So July 28th, 7 p.m. is when the lighting of the sacred fire happens in the grand entry of the dancers. But then it's pretty much all day the 29th, all day the 30th. And if, you know, you guys are going to tell us you got to be there for that first night. But come out any day the next two days, and there's going to be a ton of fun. The dances, the drums are going to be going on. There's going to be a lot of little craft shops and stuff like that with regalia and all that different stuff. Is there a favorite shop that might be there, somebody you guys know that's going to be there? You know, maybe give them a little bit of a plug or something. I always look at uh, our native artists and our vendors, artisans there. Uh, when you look at some of these black ash baskets or some of these handmade uh, porcupine quill baskets or things like that of those natures, um, those are things you can't find anywhere else, you know, other than other powwows throughout the United States. Uh, these are, are handmade, um, take oftentimes many months to create, and, and it's really just first-class art, artwork. And you get an opportunity to buy a piece of that and support an artist while you're there. So I think, you know, when you look at any of that, you can't you can't go wrong with uh, all, all the opportunities that you have to look and uh, even if you don't get a chance to purchase, just to see that and, and respect the work that's being done by those artists. Yeah, I'm picturing my little niece being just mystified by a porcupine quill, you, you know what I mean, handbag or something like that. 
And I'm not going to get myself in trouble here, but I, I tell you, <laughs> yeah, when it comes down to the food, oh, yeah. to, go, to go ahead and to check out uh, all of the vendors that we have there. And, you know, we have we have some of the best uh, fry bread makers, uh, corn soup, uh, you know, the blanket dogs, the Indian tacos. Uh, it's just a, a part of the cuisine. And uh, a lot of times, you know, people look at, well, I like the Mediterranean. I like the Italian. I like the Chinese well try the Native American cuisine and uh, you'll find that uh, you know you can experience uh, you know that uh, part of the powwow too and we have a lot of those vendors uh, that'll be joining us yeah if you, if he's you, not in trouble on that one no, no oh, well, not at all and if you like elephant ear if you like funnel cake you're gonna love fry bread right yes. I mean, yeah you do it, with yes. a, little, a little cinnamon and sugar on there a little Ooh, butter that's maybe. that's what yeah. I compare it to is an elephant ear <laughs> yep. and I didn't want to speak on that as a, as, as a bigger fella here in the room I said I was gonna say uh, food but I was gonna make sure we stuck to that later <laughs> We all love food in here. (laughs) You got to make sure you get a chance to do it. It may not be good for you, but it tastes great, and it is fantastic. And as Joe said, there's so many options, and there's something for everyone, whether you like something sweeter, whether you like something that uh, will fill you up and give you a full meal, uh, you really have a chance to, to get it all there. Yeah, it's Bob around town, Mid-Michigan Matters, talking the 39th annual Saginaw Chippewa Powwow coming up July 28th. It starts at 7 p.m. If I call, I'll call it the opening ceremonies that night, will that work out if I say that? And then the 29th at 1 p.m. and the 30th at noon, going on all day long. Bob around town, Mid-Michigan Matters. Bob, you got anything to add here? No, I just show up, look at all the colors, listen to the music, the drums. You know, like Eric talked, Eric talked about it. it, you feel it in your chest. You know, um, you, you really I think that's understand. your soul. You're, I think it you're is. feeling it, it in really your soul. Is. You feel it in your soul. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for joining us and educating us a little bit on the powwow. And everyone's invited, aren't they? They are open to the public. Uh, and we hope to see as many of you there. First timers, we encourage you to come out. Look for the tent, uh, usually on the west side of the arena. Uh, I'll be there. Joe will be around dancing. You'll see the opportunity. We'd love to, to answer any questions you and, may have. But and we're open. free autographs, right? That's right. And, oh, right, Joe? <laughs> yep. and, and this is the place to go get educated and not be afraid to ask you guys questions, too, correct? Correct. I would rather have somebody ask than not ask and assume. So you won't offend us. Uh, you know, I, I, I do not take any problem with somebody asking me a question that they may not know about. It's an opportunity for education. So please come ask frequently and as often as you want. We'd love to let people know, you know, why there's certain things being done, protocols, anything of that nature. But yes, you're right. Uh, very open and inviting. I uh, did want to mention the uh, admission fee and the parking fee uh, for uh, the weekend. Uh, the admission is free and the parking is free. <laughs> No, no, free, free, for free, free, free. No, no excuses. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> come on out, bring the family. And if you find our Sword and Eagle marketing team, we'll actually pay you to come do that because they'll give you some premium play while you're at it. So we're going to pay you Ooh. to come experience, and then you can go try your luck over at the casino. That sounds like a pretty good way to it's close win, it win. out. Yep. And from Bob around town, Mid Michigan matters. Um, you know, as a Mount Pleasant community, the community around here. Thank you guys for what you do thank for the you. community. What we were talking about earlier, but the powwow, July twenty eighth at seven p.m. for the opening ceremonies. All day, 29th, 1 p.m. starts. All day, the 30th starts at noon. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Bob Around Town and Mid-Michigan Matters. Miigwech. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Bob Around Town's weekly podcast. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, our affiliates, or My1043 and Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.